I'm Alfonso Mendoza, host of the My Ed Tech Life podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Coming up on episode 136 of Podcast PD, we ask you, have you ever wondered how some leaders make it look so easy? Stoic philosophy has been used for centuries by leaders and influential figures, and this wisdom is available to you. In this episode, we are speaking with Daniel Bauer and Glenn Robbins, authors of Calm in the Chaos, Ancient Stoic Wisdom for Successful School Leadership. Let's start the show. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day, except you're going to have more fun with AJ Bianco and me, Chris Nessie. Let's start the show. Happy New Year, Podcast PD people. Welcome back. 2024. I'm Chris Nessie, and I'm joined, as always, by the podcast Paisano, AJ Bianco. What's up, buddy? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Christopher. Hello, everyone. Happy to see, uh, you know, I wasn't going to do it. I want to do it, but it's too late now. We can't say Happy New Year. You threw me off with that one. It's like February. It's February. No, it's like February. Say it. No, I can't do it. It doesn't fit. I can't do it. Well, for people who listen to House of Ed Tech, I did a a tribute to you doing the thing. So appreciate it. If you listen to episode two forty of House of Ed Tech, I said the thing. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it now. And now I'm disappointed Sorry. in you. Just so you know, just you're allowed to be. I'm am. disappointed in myself every day. You know, <laughs> you know what? I'm not disappointed in our guest for tonight. Our guest for tonight. This is very, very exciting. A great way to start off 2024. I agree. Yeah. Why don't you introduce Maybe. him? And I'm going to click the buttons. You want me to introduce him? Yes. Yes. Let's go. 2024 right. new podcast PD. You're going to do some new stuff. PPD. 2024. All right. So we have Glenn Robbins and Daniel Danny Bauer. Glenn Robbins is the superintendent of Brigantine Public School District. He is passionate about innovation and helps create future focused school districts. Well, our guy, and we had Danny on about a year ago, two years ago. Is it, or is that much longer he, than he's that? He's been on a couple of times. He's, he's been, been on a couple of times. He goes back to the blab days and he's, early, he's early, early showings. Best. Yes. Yeah. But Daniel Bauer is a principal development and retention expert, best selling author, and host of Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. His mission is to help ruckus makers do school different gentlemen welcome to podcast pd 2024 it's great to uh great to be here chris aj um back in the day was that in chicago like yeah you we used to come con- to us from a, a basement they were rafters it looked very sketchy <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was about it's to just a different happy- corner now <laughs> it's a different corner i was this close to wishing you a happy new year too but i'm not i'm not i'm not gonna do it you know larry david said this is like we're we're way beyond the statute of limitations. Like That's it. you get you get like three days, and this it's too. AJ, way to stay strong. Thank you. I had to. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Well, uh, happy Valentine's Day to you, beautiful gentleman. <laughs> uh, and Glenn, I believe this is your first time with us on Podcast PD. Yeah, I think it is. That was so long, I can't remember that. Which is even bad if we can't remember. But let's go with this is your first time. 
All right, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on this episode because we wanted to have you on because you two have collaborated. And I think I mentioned this when both of you announced it on Facebook is where I first saw it. You've got a new book coming out and it is called Calm Calm in in the the Chaos. Chaos. (laughs) And what attracted me to this one was I know both of you separately and it was like the team up I never thought you'd see, but it's the team up we needed in education to have Danny Bauer and Glenn Robbins do something together. So I was blown away by like, oh, wow, they're doing something. I didn't even know that they knew each other. So how did this, uh, before we get into the book, how did this relationship come about? I'll let Glenn take it over. He has a good story about this in the book. Yeah. Yeah. So um, interestingly enough, uh, Danny and I have known each other for, I don't know how many years now, and uh, always admired his work from afar, even when he was living, especially afar across the pond, as they call it. And um Always admired his work. And when I held a conference back in, I want to say, 2016, 2017, um, brought in all these amazing leaders to present. And Danny was one of them. And at that conference, I gave out to every presenter, uh, Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. I've been a fan of Ryan Holiday for years. And I knew Danny was too. And at the conference, him and I talked a couple of times. And I had this idea in my head that I wanted to write some kind of a book about stoicism and leadership. And I kept saying to myself, all right, who's going to be the person I can team up with that's really going to make this thing purposeful and meaningful for so many others? And I remember going to Danny and I said, Danny, I have this idea. What do you think? And, you know, he had a couple of different things on his vision board. And let's be honest, life hit, then COVID hit. And, you know, the job, the family, and so many other different things. But we never swayed away from it. We would text each other from time to time and say, hey, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. And finally, sure enough, I remember uh, he hit me up what, a summer ago, Danny, and said, hey, I'm mm-hmm. stopping over. We're going to come down. We're going to storyboard. We're going to put this team together. And, you know, uh, about over a year later, here we are. So a long time coming, but patience is a virtue, right, guys? So hopefully it's uh, worth the wait. And, and we don't have to wait long. We're recording this on January 28th. And if I'm not mistaken, the book will be released on February 6th. Is that correct? You got it. It's your Valentine's Day gift, Chris. Awesome. (laughs) Now, what I took away from that story was Danny Bauer had to travel from Syracuse and pass not only AJ's house, but my house (laughs) to get to Glenn. And not anywhere in there did we all get together. You don't share the moves, my friend. You do the move behind the scene before you share what's going on. Sorry, guys. That's true. Uh, I could have been taking a long circuitous, you know, route. Like who, who, who knows how I got to Glenn and where I was often next. So it, it wasn't necessarily a straight line to Syracuse. We'll say that. And Glenn, you also mentioned Ryan Holiday. AJ turned mm-hmm. me on well over a year ago onto Daily Dad and Daily Stoic, the yep. podcast yep. that Ryan nice does. Um, mm-hmm. I've personally moved away from Daily Stoic. I still listen to Daily Dad religiously every day. Um, but let's dive in. AJ, where do you want to start on the board? Because obviously there's a lot of topics that we can unpack with what this book is going to do for school leaders. You know, I, I know you have some questions here, Chris, but I'm 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 thinking because, you know, as a fan of of Ryan Holiday, and if you ever look at my Instagram stories, I repost a lot of what Ryan puts out there. And I, I love his stuff. So I'm curious, like, why stoicism and how does it play a part in your either daily routines or, or in, in what you do outside of school. So I think this yeah. is the unique part about Danny and I, and I'm going to let him speak because we're kind of two different entities. So Danny, go ahead, you kick it off and then I'll follow up. Yeah, sure. 
So it was, it was super cool. Number one, that Glenn, you know, gave the book "Stillness Is the Key" uh, by Ryan. My introduction to Stoicism was "Obstacles the Way," right? Also a holiday book, and so um, just you know, definitely started to pique my interest as a way to make sense of the world, right? It's a philosophy. And uh, as you know, in education, right, like we get hit with all sorts of stuff all the time. Uh, And when you get into school leadership as well, um, becomes even more of an intense uh, pressure cooker for sure. So you need, you need tools, you need strategies, a philosophy helps. Um, And so this is where it came in. These days, you know, I have a number of things that I want to reflect on every single day. One of the things that pops up is just the, the philosophy of stoicism. Um, and I say to myself, right, like control my perceptions, direct my actions properly and uh, accept what's within my control, and what's outside of it. And that's just a really great daily sort of reminder. Um, and from there, you know, I'm dipping in and out into the into books and thinking about like how they apply to my life and that kind of thing. Last thing I'll say before passing the mic back to Glenn is that the best way to take um, your understanding, right, of a topic like stoicism and make it deeper and make it real is, you know, you start teaching it to others and no greater way of doing that than writing a book. So we're not trying to be Ryan Holiday. He definitely covers it way more in depth. But what our advantage that he doesn't have is we know the principal seat or the superintendent seat, the teacher seat. And so the book unpacks um, and sets up a variety of case studies of like, here's how you could apply the Stoic virtues to your day-to-day life. Yeah. So I'll add to that. And that's a great point by Danny, the perspective of all of the various positions that we've had. So, you know, like Danny, I've been a principal, I've been a varsity coach, I've been an assistant principal, I've been a superintendent in two different districts now. And the one that I love where I'm at right now, but let's be perfectly honest. It is not an easy job by any stretch of imagination. Danny and I could probably list for at least 15 minutes of all of our friends who are now are not in the field anymore, who probably should be in the field, uh, who have moved on because of all the uh, craziness in the world. I don't have a better word for that. I think that's hit home to everybody. I think everybody sees that. And I think, you know, for us, we're under a constant microscope in education, you know, especially for the leaders. So for us, you know, we can only control and have to realize that we can only control the controllables. You know, we're, we're, we're so guilty of trying to boost everybody else up, but we hear one negative thing and we let that one mind come into our mind and take us over. And we need to stop that. You know, we need to help out each other and realize that there's so many other people out there who are dealing with the same parental, board, teacher, kid, community, politics, all these situations that arise. You know, and I think that's the beauty of it when the book with Danny and I share is, you know, some of our own story, but then a lot of hypothetical questionings and, que- and stories that I know is going to relate to every single leader and or, you know, teacher leader as well in, in a school system. So I think that's the part of it we enjoyed. And I think it's somewhat timeless. And I think we were intentional about that. I think the only part we actually mentioned in there is, is about a Chromebook, but everything else is about human emotion. And everything is, you know, let's be honest, human emotion is not going to change anytime soon, guys. So that's the perspectives that we really enjoyed about it. You know, myself being a superintendent, you know, and my friends, you know, getting hit by these waves of board meetings and, and angry people. And you have to sit there and you have to take it, you know, and how do you do that? How do you reflect as a human being? How do you stay healthy mentally and physically and spiritually? So I think Danny and I really try to do a deeper dive on 
you know, how these ancient philosophies can really center you and ground you and, and make you smile in <laughs> chaos that we ensue every day. You, you mentioned some of how stoicism can make you feel centered, make you feel grounded. Um, for each of you, in focusing on some of these ideals that are thousands of years old, how do you think that stoicism really is relevant to school leadership and whether it's a teacher leader or district leader? How are these ideas relevant today in education? For me, I mean, at least uh, taking the forest from the trees sort of perspective, they've stood up to the test of time, right? And they're still around. So other things will come and go. Um, I'm not I'm not confident that anything from my work, right, as successful uh, supporting school leaders and what I call ruckus makers, that kind of thing, I, I, I highly doubt anybody's going to be reading about me and what I did in some kind of history book, right? But here we are, you know, with Stoicism, and there's all, all sorts of uh, examples. Um, but Marcus Aurelius, you know, and being an emperor and getting an insight into his mind and how he operated uh, through his own personal journal, which is the book Meditations, is uh, probably my most dog-eared um, Stoic book, right? And so there's that piece. Uh, but something that Stoics will, will teach, uh, and it's also very common in sort of like mindfulness and meditation circles too. But what they'll say is like, test it out, right? Test and see. We're not asking you to just believe without evidence, you know, not to believe without any results in your life. And so it's one of those things. I've put it to the test. I've seen the fruit. Uh, I've enjoyed that fruit. And so I continue to use it. Yeah. So, you know, one of the areas or one of the things we really try to focus on was the four virtues. And then we added in a fifth, you know, so the four virtues is, and, and think about this from an educational leadership aspect, right? Could you ask that, Chris? How does this relate? So mm. justice, you know, we, we talk about how are we going to change the system for better, for more, for everyone? You know, temperance, uh, thinking about that as a, as a leader. Wisdom, you know, your job is to grow every day and continue to lead. And then lastly, the hardest one for a lot of people, and Danny does this really well with the people he works with, is to courage. You know, his ruckus makers, how do you push these people forward and to play it safe, you know, mm -hmm. and to make a true difference for those children? And, you know, Danny mentioned Marcus and I can mention Epictetus. And I love the fact that, you know, he tells the story about how he was a slave and how his owner broke his leg and says, all right, now you broke my leg. Now look what you did. You know, and, and James Stockdale used that in Vietnam with his, you know, Vietnam vets that he was working with while they were in a Hanoi Hilton, you know, and it helped save them and keep them grounded. And I'm not saying we're in that situation. But I, it looks like, you know, there is craziness around you. And how do you stay within those four virtues? And then the fifth one we talk about, that equanimity. I think Danny could talk a little more about that into it. But I often think about, like Danny said, in the leadership, Marcus Aurelius was the emperor of a country. He was also dealing with constant change and constant warlike situations amongst the Senate. So I just think about your community right there. He's dealing with a pandemic that was going on, the plague. Right. And then he's got his own friends backstabbing him, almost like Machiavellian style. And he chooses to not go after them instead. So there's a lot of different areas that I just mentioned right there that I think any school leader can relate to in one way or another. So I hope that answers what you're looking for, Chris, or maybe dive in deeper. It, it does. Uh, quick shout out to Cheryl Dickerson, who's watching us live on Facebook. And she says that, yes, courage is big and is much needed more now than ever. 
And she says that her mantra is lead without inhibitions. Hmm. I like the courage that she put it out there. For sure. Now, Glenn, you're a current superintendent. What does this look like in your day-to-day as the chief school leader officer of a school district? And maybe is this more in the forefront now with, with the book coming out? Or how have you always maybe employed some of these things, maybe without even putting a name to it? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, no, I think you guys knew me 10 years ago and I was a lot younger and hungrier and <laughs> not the same leader that I am now. Uh, I always yeah, you're, the way, guy you're doing way more. You, I mean, <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, I do a principal job too on top of this, guys, in the same building. So, uh, But what I've learned over the years was I was driving myself um, mentally crazy at times, you know, where I constantly wanted to do the best for my kids and best for my staff. And I had no one to talk to. And that's how I think we all came hooked on with Twitter and X and whatever you want to call it, social media. I had an outlet to people to talk to. And that's how I got to meet Danny eventually. And I think that's helped me grow. And then once I got my hands on Ryan's books, I think that really helped because as I share in the book, I learned about stoicism, from, I believe, from my grandfather. You know, And I don't know if he knew about it, but he would always say, it's not the problem you have, it's how you handle it. And that can relate to another stoic quote. But for me, once I started getting that into um, more knowledge from history, and I'm a history major at you know undergrad, it really started to relate. And what I've noticed over the years, and some of the best bosses you're watching football, you're watching any organization, are the calm ones. The calm, the calm ones that are not losing their new year. You know what? I know it looks great to get angry sometimes, and I know it looks great, whatever. But once you get out there as angry, you can never get that back. You know, so the calm leaders that I've had have somewhat grounded me and centered me and helped center my staff. So it's taken me a while to learn that. And maybe it's old age as well that I'm getting older, but, um, you know, and, and putting myself in different leaders and listening to Danny more and having a conversation with him and so many other mentors that I have across the country, it really helps. So for me, it's the calmness and the leadership right now. And I think that's what Forbes magazine just came out and said, that's the number one desirable trait for any leader this upcoming year and or future hmm. is to be calm. I didn't know that. I'm, that's good. Our book is called Calm in the Chaos, everyone. <laughs> I, I will say this. Um, the number one compliment I ever received from a colleague uh, was Michelle, sixth grade counselor. And she said, you brought such a calming influence to the building. And it was a very high achieving school. A lot of pressure, pressure from parents, right? Pressure from teachers and just student achievement that we wanted to see happen. Um, And in a a healthy dose of taking yourself too seriously on campus as well, right? So like folks were just kind of edgy a bit. And uh, that's just not how I roll. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so uh, that was an interesting tension that I brought in in terms of um, the calmness. But it's so important. We've been talking about Marcus Aurelius and uh, yeah, the book called Calm in the Chaos. But part of it was from this quote, to be like the rock that the waves keep crashing over. It stands unmoved and the raging of the sea falls still around it. And I think Lenny has a picture of that in his office, but what a, what a beautiful image, right? And that's probably one of my favorite Stoic quotes, but the sense that you can be plopped right there in the center, in the middle of a raging storm, and you're observing, right? You're calm. And when we talk about the virtues, wisdom, justice, courage, temperance, the gift that you give yourself, the, the uh, 
outcome of all those virtues is the equanimity, right? And that's where the, the peace and the calm is found. So, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I didn't know that, Glenn, so I'm, I'm going to start using that all the time. <laughs> there you go, buddy. That's what we're there for, help each other out. And actually, right. something, Glenn, that you had said, you mentioned, you know, that you still have mentors, right? But hmm. obviously being at the stage of your career, that there are still people you look to when, you know, AJ and I, and, and you know, even Danny, we all know that you have also been a mentor to so many others. So I think that's something that people need to remember is that while you might be responsible for other people in a leadership role, teacher, superintendent, principal, that it's important to A, find who you can still learn from and bounce ideas off of and uh, while still being a leader, important, inspirational to others. Yeah, Chris, can I add to that? I think that's part of this book is, you know, at least for Danny and I had these conversations. Not everybody gets to choose the mentor that they have, you know, when, when they're coming up through our school systems and it might be giving somebody, you know, so you have to have the courage to push back and see if you can get somebody that you really want. And then it's the courage to pick up the phone and say, can, or, you know, whatever it may be uh, of uh, communication and say, I want to be with you. Can you please teach me? Just take me underneath the wing. And nine out of 10 times, people will say, sure, not a problem. But I think with the book, it's also the thing that is grounded Danny and I is that this gives you an opportunity to have Marcus Aurelius as a mentor or Seneca or Zeno or any of these stars because they've been in this situation before, a lot different, but 2,000 years, 3,000 years, but nothing's really changed when it comes to human emotions, right? So for us, you know, if you don't have that luxury of having somebody uh, that you couldn't reach out to, reading the Stoics, you get a choice, open up the history of the world and find out what you can learn more from. Um, so just throwing that little caveat out there, Chris. Well, actually, l- l- let me jump in there too. So obviously, I'm sure you both, and to some degree, people who are listening to this, maybe you identify with all of the Stoics in some way. But for each of you, is there one Stoic that you feel you really identify with in their teachings and their writings that you really embody yourself even? Hmm. I won't, I won't say, I don't think I know enough in terms of the history of their lives and that kind of thing. I'm, I still need to work through the lives of the Stoics and get a sense of like who they were as people. Glenn could talk about that a lot more intelligently, but I know there's a, there's a quote outside of this rock one that I use all the time. That one is from Seneca. And uh, basically it says, you know, if, if you don't know where you're going, um, no wind behind you is favorable. Right. And the, the point, the point is, um, live your life with intention, you know, and that's why I use that quote, or I teach, you know, uh, ruckus makers a lot about vision or 90 day planning and that kind of stuff. And it's all about being intentional. And so it just having a sense like, you're all going to end up somewhere, right? But you might not be happy with where you end up. And so the difference there is like, are you intentional about where you're going? So I definitely resonate with that. Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, you know, Zeno gets shipwrecked and he ends up finding this philosophy. So did he let the situation make the worst for him? No, he embraced it. And then you have Marcus Aurelius, who I relate to a lot being a leader. Um, and then there's, you know, and, and and one of his quotes that I, I think about and I talk to people all the time when they take things personally and or they deal with somebody that might be difficult during the day. And one of Marcus's quotes is, when you wake up in the morning, tell yourself, the people I deal with today will be meddling, ungrateful, arrogant, dishonest, <laughs> jealous, and surely they are like this because they cannot tell good from evil. You know, so just think about that. How many people you encounter during the day that might get one of their characteristics? And it's your job to try to change that for the better and be the kind leader. And then I, I think back 
uh, in other positions that I was in and not where I'm at now. I'm in an incredible place where I'm at now. But coming up to the ranks, I, I read a book, Dying Every Day, uh, about Seneca. And here it is. And it's a unique title because Seneca works for one of the most ruthless emperors of all time. And Nero. And Nero, you know, ends up having his own mother killed. He has everybody killed just for pleasure. He, you know, he kills a, a young kid and then invites the father over for dinner, hoping that the father says something at dinner time that he could kill him too. But yet Seneca was brought back from, you know, exile by Nero's mom to train this individual. He never could get into Nero's head what he wanted to really get into it. But yet he still prospered from Nero. So he's making all this money. He's this philosopher in some way. He writes letters to his friends that is like hidden encrypted that Nero can't find out about it. But he knows if he leaves Nero, Nero's going to have him killed. He knows if he tries to give back his money, Nero's going to have him killed. He knows if he's not nice to Nero, he's going to have him killed. So I think about that as almost like in the leadership job sometimes. You fear like you're, you say something, your boss is going to do something to destroy your reputation and you'll never get a job and or it's a board or it's a parent or whatever it may be. You're in a unique predicament. So, you know, and then eventually Seneca does try to get back his money and does try to quit. And then Nero tells him he has to, you know, commit suicide. But, and then there's Epictetus. And Epictetus, like I said, was a slave, overcame everything, even with the limp leg, and goes on to be a, one of the greatest teachers of all time. So I think that's the part, to Danny's point, it's hard to just pick one because, and there's so many others, but there are so many different ways of looking about how you can persevere in life that you can be better and or you can choose to be awful you know a lot of this i'm just sitting back listening because like as a current school leader as an assistant principal the whole focus of of calmness like i'm just thinking about my friday where i turn around (laughs) in every single direction and there was something going on and and i'm telling myself take a breath but there was no breath to take you know, so w- when you sit back and think of all these different I- ideas that are shared by the Stoics and the things that are going on around them during their time, like we've got it, we've got it so simple, right? We have everything around us that we could do. And these guys were, you know, when Ryan Holiday talks a lot about a lot of the Stoics and how they never knew what the next morning would bring, whether they would be alive or whether the kid would be alive. And, you know, yeah. these are all the things he, he brings up in the Daily Dad podcast and all that. You know, it's, it's that idea of, of calmness and, and, and constant stress. So give it to me, right? I haven't read the book yet, obviously, and, and I obviously will. Um, but when I'm in my moments where every direction is an issue, how do I find that that calmness? How do I find that stillness? Danny, you're on me. It doesn't matter. Help. Go ahead. Help me. What? Um, I think it would be helpful, you know, if we both chime in. But, you know, AJ, I'll just bring you back to the beginning of our conversation where I, where I said, um, you know, each day I recite sort of the broad strokes of what the philosophy is, you know? Um, so controlling perceptions and you talked about everything coming in. Well, everything coming in isn't necessarily important. So are you able to figure that piece out, you know, um, direct your actions properly. And so just understanding what, what is the next step, you know, and I find when I am coaching leaders, um, part of the superpower is helping make the complex simple. Uh, but I think a lot of coaches can do that. So I don't, I don't necessarily think that's unique to me. Um, creative solutions, that kind of thing. But sometimes just reminding folks, what is the next tiny step, right? And so when it's all hitting you and you feel like you're, you know, 
um, berated by all the demands uh, that you need to respond to, well, what's the tiny step? And don't take in the million, but focus on the one and get a little momentum there. And then that last piece that I, I shared earlier too, what's in your control, what's outside your control. So if I just take a, you know, in my mind, a picture of you, AJ, and there's all these arrows coming at you of demands and all the stuff that you need to supposedly get done. How many of those things, if you just made a simple T-chart within your control, out of your control, I bet all those arrows, you know, would all of a sudden sort of fall away. And then, of course, I would encourage you to focus on what you can control because the rest of the stuff, I think that's what we find, you know, um, when we're grasping, when we're worried about all the stuff that we can never even change, that's where suffering comes in. So the calm piece, the equanimity, the peace is really just um, confronting reality with candor. You know, it's sobering. It's like, this is what it is. And this other stuff, although important, I really can't do anything about that. And here's a big one. So for everybody watching, Ruckus Makers Educators, um, it's the inputs, not the outputs. Even though we're measured by success in school, by those outcome and results, right? Those summative assessments. But Epictetus said, in good fortune or adversity, it is the goodwill with which you perform deeds that matters, not the outcome. Because how you approach something is what you control and what happens as a result of it, right? You can't control that. So AJ, uh, I think every teacher and or administrator listening to you is experiencing the same thing. Yours was at the end of the day. Those might have been at the beginning of the day. <laughs> it could mm -hmm. be all day long. I've had those days where I just woke up and go, oh, boy, it's going to be a day. And <laughs> I would text my wife and be like, is this spring break yet? Like, I just can't get there. So, you know, I think Danny's points are spot on. And I think you have to have, uh, you know, one of the, the quotes I like is, he who laughs at himself never runs out of things to laugh at. You know, every once in a while, you got to stop. You know, like when I get in a, a stressful situation, my assistant and my team know I'll start saying Seinfeld, serenity now, serenity now. They know that's yeah. code for, all right, he, there's something going on, but he's he's being funny because, you know, it's going to be insanity later. Um but it's also for a minute we laugh and it takes that anger away from us, you know? And like I said, it's not what happened to you. It's how you react to it. So, you know, you got to keep remembering you're dealing with young kids who are still learning each and every day. When they make a bad decision, they're making a bad decision. Your goal is to teach them not to do that again. And I know, you know, there are some kids who are in your office more than others probably. And you know what? What's the background? Why are they there? You know, and how do you explore that? And how do you stay grounded and understanding of that? And same thing for working with the teachers. You know, they have so many different things going on and they're doing such amazing work right now in this world. But the stress is ungodly. So once again, how do you stay calm? They're coming to you. And if you're calm for a couple minutes and let them just talk and vent, let them do it. Let them have that conversation. Parents too, whatever it may be. But just don't take it, you know, it, like just smile and know that, like Danny said, you can control that controllable. Because if you don't, any person that becomes capable of angering you has now just become your master. And think about that. Your dad, you need to go home. You need to think about your children. You need to think about your wife. You know, you don't want to keep that anger inside of you and keep doing that. So, you know, laugh at yourself every once in a while. Have some kind of a key phrase that people know that, you know, you're having a moment, but we need to work together. And to Danny's point, you know, your inputs versus your outputs. You're always going to have people who will criticize. 
but would you take advice from those people who criticize you? That's that's very well said, and I, and I appreciate it. I mean, everything there is is so spot on. Like you got to take those moments. You got to you got to look at the the big picture, and then, and I think that's that's really really important for everybody in education yeah. right now. Yeah, I think a lot of what you guys have talked about so far really applies these principles to the stress that we experience in education. Can you guys talk a little bit about how these principles can apply and impact our decision-making, whether you're a school leader or the classroom teacher and how, and the decisions we face on a day-to-day basis? Mm. Danny, you still pondering? Yeah, I'm still thinking about this one. But so I, I, I think you go back to your four virtues, right? Can you stay grounded to those four virtues? Are you wisdom? So here we are. We're on a podcast right now. We're trying to share wisdom. We're trying to help each other out one way or another. You know, what are you listening to? What are your inputs? What are you reading? You know, who are you talking to? Like I said earlier, your mentors, you have reverse mentors. You know, are you constantly striving to get better at your craft to make it a career and not just a job? So that's the one thing. And you know what? The wisdom and or the temperance to pick up a phone and say to another coworker outside of your district, whoever it may be, I've called other superintendents and been like, I have done this 10 times already over my lifetime. I'm about to do this for the 11th time. Can you walk me through this? What would you do? Just reassure me. But, you know, I want to hear your point to make sure I'm not thinking something different. The world changes, the law changes, the policies change and so forth. Kids have changed, parents have changed. And then I think, you know, the, the justice aspect, right? Everybody's trying to do what's better for everybody in a whole in the school system. And that's not easy to change. And then it goes into the courage. Do you have the courage to do that? Do you have the courage to stand up what you think is right for the justice of what it could be? Or do you play it safe? And I think this is where the wisdom comes in too. You know, it's almost like chess. And Danny and I were texting about this last night at four. <laughs> you know, think about several steps ahead. After you say something, you as a leader, what is it going to be taken as and perceived that, you know, four or five steps down the road? You know, will you put this initiative in action? How is that going to be reacted to as it goes through? So with leadership, you have so many different constituencies that you have to work with. And I think that's something we forget about sometimes because you come, it's all on you. You become egotistical. You forget you have a team that you need to have a team. And you forget that there are so many other great stakeholders out there and that you need to listen to your teachers. You need to listen to your staff. You need to listen to your board members and everybody else to work together. You know, so those are some of the areas that I would say, you know, to dive into. Danny? Yeah. So Chris was asking about decision making. And uh, Glenn, I think you did a good job covering, you know, a lot of what the, the book talks about within the virtues. You know, one thing that will highlight for uh, listeners of Podcast PD right now is the, the idea um, within each vir- virtue, there's sort of uh, subtopics, subdomains that we dive into, right? So with wisdom on this podcast, we've already talked at length about what you control and what you don't control. Uh, as educators, we I think we already sort of have a bias towards continuing to learn, which is a part of developing wisdom as well. Um, Glenn hinted at another, having mentors reverse mentors, but you might call them heroes and anti-heroes. And so instead of, um, you know, just being psyched that you have the best mentor in the world from the district working with you, if you get the worst, you should probably be be equally as psyched because they're going to show you on a consistent basis exactly what not to do, right? 
So what better way to learn than from uh, people who are obviously doing it terribly? And that's why our anti-heroes come in. And, and the last piece with wisdom uh, is, it, is it relates to decision making. Uh, what is probably one of the best teachers in the world? Failure, right? And so how do you own your mistakes? How do you learn from your failure? Um, it's not in the book, but I'll, I'll talk about it for uh, listeners here as a bonus for podcast PD folks. Um, but one of my mentors myself, Dan Sullivan, uh, has this idea of no wasted experience. And on the same day, um, Dan went bankrupt and got divorced. Not a good day, right? Not a day that you'd probably want to repeat. And so he invented this exercise, and it's really three quite easy steps. First, again, confronting reality for what it is. So being candid with it and dealing with it. So write down the context of whatever mistake that you had made. Step two is then uh, reflecting on what are five things um, that you learned from this mistake uh, that almost it was a gift, right? So the obstacle is the way. Uh, we learn from failure. So what are five things you learned from this challenge? And then the third step and final step, uh, again, wisdom. What are five things within my control so that it never happens again? And this is all from learning from failure. And so that's uh, another way to uh, make more um, better decisions is to not repeat your worst decisions. And if we're honest, I don't think a lot of people have systems set up for that. And so what they try to do is get better, get better, build on their strengths, and they should do that. But if you think about it in terms of a mathematical equation, right, if you got like awesome, you know, high value day, high value day, high value day, low value day, right? If you just eliminated your lowest performance once each month, just just as a result, your your performance will increase, right? It's math. So that's something that you can consider. So I'm going to guess that the uh, primary audience of, of this book is the leader. And if I'm wrong, you can correct me. Uh, but when we think about this, how can leaders at different levels, especially in education, obviously it's where we focus here, benefit from your insights and the insights in the book? So like I think we mentioned earlier, there is no job that we haven't done you know, in the field of education when it comes to being in a K to 12 organization. And I think that's what speaks to a lot of us. And I think you know, the last couple of years has been the leadership market has been hotter than the housing market. You know, we have a lot of new leaders who are mm -hmm. on the job now who may or may not have had incredible mentors or learning experiences that have made them better. And to Danny's point, maybe they weren't watching the worst leader they ever had and using that as their advantage and learn what not to do. Um, so for us, it's an opportunity that we dive into, like Danny said, these practical ideas and questions on how you can dive deeper. You know, when you deal, do, do deal with all these various different points that you're going to hit. And I think that's the, the beauty of this is that it's going to be somewhat timeless information because you're going to have the parent who is going to be constantly angry. You're going to have, you know, different teacher situations. You're going to have different board situations. You're going to have different outside situations, you know, and they're going to be constantly there. Like Tammy said, there's waves, whether they're big or small and how you handle them reacts to how you can come better. And I think that's the, the beauty of this too, is when we were writing this, we, you know, we talked to a lot of different friends and did some research here and there about what they were experiencing and what they weren't experiencing. And we were witnessing the world all around us, right? 
Um, so we tried to incorporate that, that it could relate to somebody some way, um, in regardless of their position and or if they're, you know, even a teacher leader, because there's the various items in there that you're not going to experience. And I think that's the beauty of it. You know, AJ, I, I was an assistant principal for five plus years. You know, after a year, I felt like I knew everything. And then I went on to be a principal, you know, for four plus years. And then I go on, I'm a year eight now as a superintendent. I'm also doing principal job, two at one time, you know, and then I think back to teaching, you know, and where I was, you know, I'm thankful for the opportunities where I had to teach in that because it was a very diverse school, a very big school that taught me a lot of different things. So, and then it goes to Danny's point and the stories he can share about what he's gone through. So I think that's what you're really enjoying about. It's going to speak to you one way or another, not just from the stoicism of the quotes, it's actually going to speak to you as a leader in some way, somehow, and as a human being. Danny, you want to add to that? I kind of rambled there for a little bit. No, I think, I mean, it's clear that we put our hearts and uh, are candid about some of our experiences that the reader will relate to. Um, you had the mentors also, AJ, obviously, of the Stoics themselves. Uh, but the I think the the biggest mentor to not discount is you and your team, Right. And I do think that this book is uh, specifically suited well to be a leadership or um, staff book study because of those case studies that we share within the book and just breaking it down with a few reflection questions and having honest conversations like, what would you do? So one example, I won't, I won't read you the, the whole thing, but the idea of imagine at your school, let's, let's say high school, right? And sports are going to be a big deal. And your team has won the championships time and time and time again. We'd all agree, right, that the coach would probably be beloved in the community, right? And somebody that, you know, was admired and celebrated and a staple, a, a pillar. Well, guess what? You find out that he's doing some shady deals with uh, colleges and with Nike and, you know, other vendors and that kind of thing. Um, and it's totally incongruent with your moral compass and by the way, it violates a whole bunch of board policy as well. You got to fire them. What do you do? The community loves them. The championships have been flying in. And so how are you going to handle that situation? I think that'd be a really rich discussion uh, to have, you know, with a team. And these are, again, these are things that Glenn and I have actually had to do um, just by being a school leader and seeing reality. So as we start to come near the end of this episode, we've got a couple more things to do. Uh, but Glenn and Danny have been here talking about their new book, Calm in the Chaos, Ancient Stoic Wisdom for Successful School Leadership. And we have one final question, and that would be for the readers who pick up the book, and we hope that it's everybody who's listening right now, pick up a copy of this book. There'll be a link in the show notes for sure. What is the one message from your book for each of you that you want the reader to take away? Hmm. I don't know if we wrote this at the end or not. I know I talked to Ariel about it, and it might just be sort of implied. But all these virtues, right, and, and, and the title is Calm in the Chaos, you know, ancient stoic wisdom to help you be successful in school leadership. So the promise, right, the benefits right there. So I think the, the, the punchline is that um, not only can you do it, but if not you, then who? Right. If we don't continue to invest in our communities and into this profession, who's going to be around to serve? It's got to be us. And this book will help you stick with it. Yeah, I think that's- Before you go, I just want to say that that really hits me. Like mm. 
that that's my big takeaway from even this conversation. Cause you know, mm-hmm. as, as a classroom teacher, you know, if not me, then who, right. Yeah. Whether it's me in my history department or, you know, what I'm doing as a teacher with the different activities I'm involved with. If it's not me or the other people who step up and do these things and run the clubs and do all these yeah. ground level things, who's going to do it for these kids. So mm. th- thank you for that. That really, you got me. <laughs> and I think that's the yeah. beauty of it, right? So Danny's knowledge right there, it really does hit home. And he, he said it beautifully in that statement. And I, you know, I think we're all, uh, you know, for most part, we're in it for the right reason for the kids, right? We're in it for whether it's our own children and or somebody else's child. And the way I look at it is these waves have been crashing over us as school leaders for quite some time. And they've been really, really big the last couple of years. And, and you know what I say? Here we are, 2024. Is that the best you got to throw at me? Like, you just threw all this crazy stuff on me. You threw all this COVID stuff on me, all this lockdown, all these procedures, all this Zooming and whatever it may be. We step past that. Then you're going through all these other different things in politics in the world. And the teachers and educators are still there for the most part. You're still doing it, but you need help. You need to look and have a little bit of a stress relief in some way and say, whoa, not only did we achieve to where we are right now, but this can help ground me a little bit and make me realize that, yeah, I can keep going. Like we said with Marcus, the constant wars and the politics, backstabbings, you know, the pandemic. There's so many different things. It's, it's going to continue to go forward. And are you strong enough to be that rock that doesn't move when the waves keep hitting? And as a leader, you're going to be calm enough to keep being the great leader that you need to do and there to help out our future, right? Because like Danny said, if it's not us, who's it going to be? And at the same time, you don't lose track of your vision and your focus. And I think this book is really going to help you do that and speak to you because I've already reread it. I don't know how many times, guys. I'm not just saying this is a selling point. Every time I've reread this book and, you know, due to the editing and all that, a different situation that I've encountered has come to mind, not just the one of the practice areas or the promise that we made. And I think that's the beauty of it. You can reread this a bunch of times. Like, oh, that related to that. It related to this situation. So it's continuous. Because I'm sure anybody listening to this or reads reads this book has a bunch of different stories, whether they're great or war stories in some way. And it's going to relate. And our, that's our goal. So hopefully that it continues to move you forward. Well, we want to wish you guys nothing but success with this book because it's going to be, again, it's going to be released on February 6th, 2024. We're going to have a link in the show notes and we're going to certainly do our part to promote this book, you know, for you guys, because we believe in what you guys stand for and we appreciate what you guys are putting out a hundred percent. We're going to give you two a couple minutes to think about it because one of the last things we do in each episode is we share what we've been listening to because that's what podcast PD is all about. What podcasts are you learning from? But first, if you get value from our conversations here on podcast PD and Lord knows AJ and I got value tonight. Uh, do you want to support our efforts in creating quality content for you? Well, you can, you can give back to podcast PD on a monthly or yearly basis. You can give as little as $10 a month, or you can support us a hundred dollars per year and you can help us continue to bring you these insightful and engaging conversations. And if you do this as a thank you, all executive producers will receive an exclusive Podcast PD executive producer sticker. And if you do it for the yearly basis, we'll send you the sticker, the mug, and a t-shirt. All you got to do is visit podcastpd.com slash executive producer for more information. And before we go and get to the podcast listening, 
We want to thank our current executive producers, Holly Landez, Sandy Hartman, and Stephanie Scrocky. Thank you so much for all of your support. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So that's you. Why wait? Head to podcastpd.com slash executive producer and become an executive producer today. All right. Danny Bauer, Glenn Robbins, what podcasts, either an individual episode or a podcast you listen to on a regular basis, what are you learning from currently? Yeah. Uh, Christopher Lockhead's Follow Your Different. I don't know if you've ever followed him. He's written a bunch of books, Play Bigger, Niche Down. Um, he calls himself a category pirate. And uh, I joined, he's a he's a coach and mentor of mine. I, I joined what uh, he put together called the Category Design Academy. Uh, but yeah, Follow Your Different is is pretty much that, hearing about legendary uh, folks that are doing the creative, the unique, you know, the the square peg in a round hole type stuff and uh, how they made it work. And so I, I, I like listening to that. It's really much, much uh, aligned to the ruckus maker ethos. So, you know, <laughs> that's why it speaks to me. All right, guys, I have a couple and these are all shameless plugs because these are all kids and these are all brigantine kids. That's the cool part about this. So um, we have two sixth graders to do the Fresco podcast. And I'm supposed to roll my R with that, but I cannot do that. Um, but the Fresco uh, podcast is all about new games and vi- uh, video games and movies. Um, nice. I have the seventh grade. I have three amazing young ladies who do the Power Up podcast. Um, with that, it is all about female leadership and female empowerment. They've already interviewed some of the top people in the state of New Jersey, as well as out in the Illinois area. And what they talk about is truly amazing. I can't recommend that one enough, and it should be listened to probably in every guidance office. That's how amazing it is with these seventh grade girls giving real talk about that. And then lastly, the play-by-play podcast, uh, three eighth-grade boys talking about sports. So I'm sure they'll have a lot to talk about tomorrow after these football games are over. Uh, but they're all found on Spotify from the Brigantine uh, School District. So I'm really proud of those kids for podcasting it out there and hopefully future Chris and AJ one day. I got them. And Danny. I got them bookmarked. <laughs> Let's go. AJ, That's what about you? Cool. Uh, so I'm listening to a podcast called Reclaimed, the Forgotten League. And I'll, and I'll give you the rundown of this one. Uh, for decades, black baseball players were excluded from the major leagues and forced to create their own space, the Negro Leagues. Vanessa Ivy Rose, granddaughter of Negro Leaves star Norman Turkey Stearns, brings us on a quest to excavate his story and those of other black players who were shut out of the majors, a legacy that still haunts the sport today. Uh, Great podcast, six episodes of the story of Turkey Stearns and other Negro League ballplayers and how they were shut out. I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm not all the way through, but definitely something I'm, I'm digging right now. And I believe that podcast is hosted by his granddaughter. His his granddaughter, yes. Yeah, she mm-hmm. was. A, she's she's been a guest on uh, uh, Locked On MLB with uh, our pal Paul Francis Sullivan. Very cool. So cool. definitely, you you actually sent that to me. So I did. Yes. Give it a, give it a listen. Uh, mine is one that I thought had disappeared, but is actually still here. And there's more episodes than when I thought it was gone and took it out of my player. And it is Mobituaries by Mo Rocca from CBS Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, he does a great job digging into these things that have kind of since fallen by the wayside in pop culture and history and society. And through these episodes, he brings them back to life. And I didn't realize that there were like season three and season four, and he's still making episodes. So 
definitely check out Mobituaries with Mo Rocca, who I actually found out his name is actually Maurice growing up. Hmm. And now he goes by Mo. Very cool. All right. Uh, Danny Bauer, don't you want to talk about a podcast that, that's also worth plugging and promoting? <laughs> Danny has a podcast? Danny has a podcast. Never heard of it. Danny might have froze, guys. I'm not sure Definitely. about that. There oh, he is. He's back. He's hear, back. <laughs> there's back. Did you hear that, Danny, what they're asking you? No, uh, I didn't. So um, can the answer of, is uh, happy Valentine's Day. No, can you think of another <laughs> podcast worth promoting that you could talk I was about? Actually, I, I was actually um, looking one up because, Chris, you, you, you said um, I didn't realize that they were still uh, creating content and this kind of thing. There was a show I used to listen to all the time. And just you talking about a show you rediscovered, I want to go back and uh, see if they're still putting it out. But did anybody here ever listen to Hello from the Magic Tavern? No. No. Can't say that. Worth the listen. Uh, it takes place It takes place in the magical land of Foon. And it's like this uh, fantasy, you know, hobbity, you know, there's witches and uh, wizards and all this kind of stuff. And it's just goofy. So if you can imagine just some really good improv guys from uh, Chicago riffing uh, in that fantasy world um it's really you know hilarious so check that out hello from the magic chapter hmm. so danny i think they were trying to get to like you know Did, is there to any other podcast you'd like to recommend <laughs> oh <laughs> well how nice uh yeah so if you don't want to listen to the world's greatest hilarious hello from the magic tavern another <laughs> chicago guy ages ago started a wee podcast called better leaders better schools and today it ranks in the top 0.5% of all shows worldwide. So if you're into school leadership and, uh, yeah, want to hear interesting conversations with me and uh, another school leader, then that's the place to be. Especially if you're a ruckus maker who wants to do school different, shifting from the old way of education to the new. And uh, I can't promise no wizards or witches will show up, um, but they might. So you never know. And, and I'll take a page out of... Uh... I don't, I, hopefully this isn't classic Danny Bauer, uh, but if I could put a message up on a school marquee this week, hey. leading up to February 6th, it would be go by common, the common chaos, chaos, ancient stoic wisdom for successful school leadership. So, Brilliant. I like that. There you go. I hope you guys had fun with us tonight. Oh, this we was did. a blast. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you Chris. Thank you, AJ. Thank you All guys right. for joining us. That's going to do it for this episode of podcast PD. We will join you on Sunday, February 25th for episode 137, where we will provide you with some more anytime, anywhere professional development. On behalf of AJ, I'm Chris. Everybody, say goodbye, wave goodbye. Take it easy. Thank you for checking out this episode of Podcast PD. For links to everything that we discussed in this episode, you can visit the show notes at our website, podcastpd.com. To connect with the show on social media, we are at podcastpd on Instagram and Twitter, and we share using the hashtag podcastpd. To connect with AJ and myself, we are on Twitter at Mr. Nessie and at AJ Bianco. We would love to hear from you, so please go to podcastpd.com slash feedback and send us an email, send us a voice message whatever you need to do. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you share it with somebody that you think would get value from it. Word of mouth is the best way to share a podcast you enjoy. 
and we hope you enjoyed Podcast PD. We appreciate you listening, we appreciate your sharing, and we love creating this podcast for you. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care.